Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Tech Talk. I'm your host, Michael Fragan, here on the Nachum Siegel Network. NachumSiegel.com, JM in the AM.org. We have ZK here in the control booth, a beautiful yet chilly Monday morning here on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. And I want to welcome into the studio our guest. Uh, Guest host or co-host uh, for uh, this episode, uh, Arya Lightstone. I uh, was a guest uh, on a previous show and uh, has uh, come back and is going to join us for today's interview. Good, good morning, Michael. Thank you for having me. And not just to me, also. I think a good morning to the audience is uh, is in order. Good morning to the audience. Okay, fantastic. So as we know, uh, if you might recall, Arya Lightstone is himself an entrepreneur in the technology sphere as well as a, uh, a multi faceted, multi-talented uh, gentleman who has uh, now focusing on the intersection of education and technology out there. And actually, is inter- interestingly enough, as I've learned in the last week or so, he's uh, developing some uh, pretty interesting, although I will, I think, still under wraps, uh, out of the box or in the box, you know, type of uh, educational how should we say it? What do we, what, what do we call, what do we, what do we call something like a, a course in a box? How does that work? Out of the box, but in the cloud. In the cloud. Okay. Excellent. Okay. Good. See, I learn as we go along here. And that's the important thing. As always, we are proud to be sponsored by Adorama Camera, Adorama.com. More than just a camera store located on 18th Street. That's 18th, 18th Street between 5th and 6th Avenues in Manhattan. And I encourage you to visit. It is indeed more than just a camera store. And uh, I think we have our first guest on the line who is a uh, longtime entrepreneur and friend of uh, of my my guest host here as well, Arya Lightstone. So I'm going to throw, throw it to Arya and uh, introduce our first guest here. Yeah, we're really excited this morning to have William Bronstein join us. Uh, Will has been a friend of mine for many, many years, uh, but also a mentor in both entrepreneurism and tech startups. Uh, Will has been involved uh, for as long as I can remember, uh, most prominently uh, one of the founders of Castle Wave, which was a search engine, still is a search engine optimization company that Will will tell us a little bit about and has been involved in more companies than I can probably recount to you right now, uh, but he serves in a advisor position to so many startups and was one of the senior members uh, of advisement in one of the um, incubators here in New York City, and we want him to tell a little bit about that experience as well. So, uh, well, well, Will, welcome to Tech Talk. Uh, pleasure to have you. Thanks, Mike. Michael. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me, and Arya, uh, good to hear your voice again. Hey, good morning, Will. Good morning. Okay, so you are now... Interactive acquisition, Castle Wave. Tell us, just let's start for a second. The world of search engine optimization, isn't that just cheating? Uh, right? You're trying to beat the question. system, right? I mean, that's, you know, that's what it, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just wondering, though, if you're always trying, if you're always looking for something that, you know, to, to optimize something in the way of search, you know, you're giving somebody results that they might not have gotten otherwise through non-optimization means. You know, there, there, there are some bad actors in the space who maybe try and game the system, but at its core, search engine optimization is just making sure that search engines can see the content that you have on your, on your site and what you're trying to convey, you know, to, to your consumers and, and to the search engine. Uh, oftentimes, if you use technology, especially as an, as an example, when Flash technology came out, uh, the search engines couldn't read it. So if you had a site built completely in Flash, uh, the search engines can see what it was about, so you won't rank, or you'd rank very lowly. Uh, so that, you know, search engine optimization comes in saying, not necessarily how do we game the system, but how do we tell the system what the site is about? And actually, uh, you know, what we found, Michael, is uh, we originally had the idea of starting a search engine optimization firm with CastleWave, and very quickly saw that our clients needed a lot more and really needed advice on, you know, what the types of keywords they should be targeting, going deeper into their digital strategy. 
uh, for, you know, for example, showing their uh, paid search results and trying to run paid search campaigns and display and, uh, you know, how the digital strategy should work. We worked with, ma- with major magazines that were uh, trying to balance their print subscriber loss versus online gains. So, you know, we went a lot deeper than that. I think at its heart, though, to answer your question, search engine optimization is not necessarily a, uh, a negative thing. I think if used properly, it actually helps people find better content. Okay. Well, I, I wasn't suggesting, I, and I hope, uh, I wasn't suggesting there are any bad actors out there, although I guess there might be, and there are people. Yeah, there, you I mean, know, it sense, but there are, I mean, there are bad actors out there. Now, of course, <laughs> Google allows you to pay for better placements. So talk about that for a second. If you can pay for better placement, then what, just, just give us for the non as technically savvy as uh, I probably should be, uh, somebody like me who, What's the difference between paying for placements and the optimization uh, that your sure. that services out there? Sure, Michael. Yeah. So when you pay for placement, you're basically buying an advertisement. You're telling Google when someone searches for a term like used car, if I'm in a used car uh, website, I want to have my ad come up, and the ad will come up in what's called a sponsored listing. So it's clearly demarcated between the sponsored listings, which are on the top and on the sides of Google verse showing up in the organic results, which you can't buy your way into. And the organic results are what we focused on uh, or focus on with search engine optimization. Those are the results that come in the main page of Google. And if you think about it, you have two different types of consumers. Now, you have someone, if they, if they certainly want to buy, then they might click on an advertisement because they know it's an advertisement. So they say, okay, these people are advertising. Obviously, they're trying to make money. Let's see what they offer. Versus the organic results, uh, I think since you can't buy them, Often a consumer is going to be clicking there might be looking more for research and, you know, starting down the, the purchasing funnel, but without having made that purchase or doesn't have an intent necessarily. You know, well, one of the things that I'd like you to walk our audience through if possible is sort of the up and downs that come with entrepreneurialism focused on tech, but also moving into, you know, some of the other areas that you've been in. I think it's a really exciting journey that uh, if you can sort of paint a little bit of the highs and a little bit of the lows, what I've always found, you know, most exciting about meeting with you is you play it pretty even. Uh, but uh, what's really going on inside when you're walking that uh, entrepreneurial roller coaster, if you will? Yeah, maybe uh, just take us a little bit through the biographical sketch of Will Bronstein, as opposed to the specific companies. I mean, you, you've done you've done this a couple times. Sure, sure. So uh, it's absolutely a roller coaster. Anyone in, in the startup world uh, knows that, and uh, it is important to keep a, a fairly even keel, no matter what you're feeling inside. Uh, to keep the team spirits up and and keep the momentum with the with the company going. Uh, about Two years ago now, I started a company called USARX, uh, which is a, a startup in the um, discount medical space. And basically, we're a company that helps people who don't have prescription insurance or whose medication's not covered uh, to get discounts on their medication. So we've, we've created this USARX card, which you can bring to 60,000 pharmacies across the nation and get a discount, uh, averaging 50% off your medications. So this to me was a really interesting intersection of helping people in health. So we're saving people money. We're getting them to use medications they wouldn't normally be able to afford. And we get paid along the way. So we've created a good business uh, as well. And now, now, why would you be able to do that? That's just economies of scale, purchasing power. What, What is it that – how do you negotiate those discounts? So both – Drug manufacturers and pharmacies are willing to create coupons to help people get medications. So people who don't have prescription insurance or whose medication isn't covered, if you ever go to a pharmacy and you find out, you know, and, and you have insurance, you find out your medication is not covered, it can be very jarring on the wall. It can be very expensive. And thus, we've got a big adherence issue in the, in the U.S. in the healthcare system. So both pharmacies and drug manufacturers are willing to give a discount to us since we're driving people to the stores to fill medication that wouldn't normally do that. And what's it like to be a startup when you're dealing with such massive uh, built-in infrastructure, whether it's the pharmacy or the, the benefit providers, et cetera? Why do they talk to you? That's a good, that's a good question. Don't ask them that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll keep this between us. <laughs> we'll keep this between Okay, good. <laughs> uh, well, they talk to us because we, we, we do have scale and we do have leverage. I mean, it's a... 
uh, at the end of the day, this is a marketing company, and that's really our strength. You know, we've we spent literally a year and a half or so creating the backend infrastructure, the deals, setting everything up so we can you know then scale the business, and that's where we're working right now which is saying, you know, we, we've got some great connections. We understand marketing. We know how to educate consumers. Uh, so we're getting the product out there, and, and those numbers, I think, are exciting for, for our partners. We're talking to Will Bronstein here on Tech Talk, a serial entrepreneur, founder of several startup companies, uh, yeah, really across the gamut of different types of uh, uh, technology and marketing and the like. And here with my co-host, uh, Arya Lightstone, and we're sponsored by Adorama Camera, Adorama.com. And I, I, so are you kind of the Groupon for the pharmacy business? Is that it? I, and I hate to, you know, throw another, hurl another insult your way, but I don't mean that in a bad way at all because I think they had an interesting business model. It just didn't seem to make it over the finish line as that happens to a lot of startups. Uh, group, yeah, Groupon's a lot different than we are. Groupon, uh, was able to extract discounts by, you know, hoping that people who uh, would purchase a discount, for example, from a restaurant, would then continue to go to the restaurant, which sometimes was the case and sometimes, you know, was not. And I think they're, you know, they're doing okay. Our business is a lot different from that because once someone fills the medication their first time, uh, they don't need to keep showing their car, so they keep getting the discount and they keep filling their medication. So, Right, but at that time, they're a captive audience. Why do they want to continue to give them a discount, right? It's kind of like you got your fix, you 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 got them hooked on the medication. They're not going anywhere. Well, it's not a it's not a hooked issue as much as a financial issue. So if you go back to the pharmacy and the medication that you just bought for ten dollars uh, with the USARX card is now seventy five dollars or one hundred fifty dollars. Uh, you're going to be less likely to fill, and you might fill it this next time, but then the third time you might say, "Gosh, I can't, I can't afford to keep doing this." Right. So, one of the things that I think is very interesting about this business is how it evolved from one of the previous businesses that you were in. Again, this is sort of the nexus of marketing and helping people. Can you walk through? You know, I know that we did the Castle Wave piece, which was, you know, dealt with search engine a little bit more or a lot bit more. Uh, what did you do in between sort of Castle Wave and USARX? Sure. So uh, we, once Castle Wave was a, a fairly established company, I uh, saw an opportunity in the green space, and I had I had a, a friend come to me, and we decided to start a green cleaning uh, housekeeping company in the city here. We're very early to the uh, green movement, uh, one of the first eco-friendly cleaners, and just uh, you know saw a huge opportunity, and I think took advantage pretty well. We grew very, very quickly. Uh, you guys won numerous years. awards, if I remember correctly. We won uh, New York Magazine's best of uh, yeah, best cleaning company and a couple other awards, and uh, that company got acquired about a year ago today, actually. And you started that while still doing uh, part of the Castle Wave company, correct? Right. So, yeah. Yes. So do you very, need very hobbies? Do you need a, you know suggestions of stuff to do in your free time? <laughs> uh, one at a time, I think, is my recommendation. <laughs> is, is that that is in fact the right? You don't you want need to focus. So is that you know that's been a fa- that's been a factor? Maybe oh, yeah. I, I maybe you can, you some of the discounts from the uh, pharmacy are available. Uh, you know, Urban Made Green, which is the green cleaning company. Uh, well, uh, what's start. it called? Let's just give the audience the name there. What's it? It's Urban Made Green. Urban Made Green, and it was it's it was sold to uh, to a private investor who's uh, uh, so they kept the same name. Growing the company, so they kept the same name. Oh yeah. Yep. Okay. So you yep. can find it at Urban Made Green. UrbanMadeGreen.com. M A I D. Okay. Green. Yeah. So if uh, I say if people out there are looking for green cleaning, green cleaning, that that that's the place to go. Exactly. And you're exactly. just and you're just in Manhattan or elsewhere. Uh, all the boroughs. All the boroughs. Okay. Yeah. You haven't but made it to you haven't made it to the burbs yet. No burbs yet. No. Kind of like uh, Fresh Direct. Where where yeah right? Are you in the burbs? Uh, I'm in the burbs. Guilty. Guilty. <laughs> We miss out on all those good uh, on all those good startups. I can't get same day delivery on stuff. It's tough. It's tough. You know, you you pay a lot to have grass. Right, right. Well, I'll tell you what you uh, you can use. You can use our USARX card, the uh, prescription discount card. It, it is totally free. And you yeah, I've already applied for that while I, while we've been over. on. 
I've, I've already been I've already been on that site. Will, do you want to give the website for that? Sure. Yeah, that's usarx.com. Usarx.com. Okay. What's the procedure there? How, how do you how do you build in all kinds of controls and to make sure that you're actually going to make money on every transaction and make sure that all your suppliers are happy? Uh, it, it, just you know, kind of give me an idea about where the business model there, aside from just sending out a coupon, and it, where do you find those customers and the like? You go to doctors' offices and put out the. Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's the the good news about the card is uh, it's totally free. So there's no you don't need to sign up. You literally you know on our website you'll click get free card, enter your name and email, uh, and then you can print it or text it or we'll send you a card. So they're totally free. Uh, there's no qualification, no paperwork, no deductibles. You literally just show it like you would show a coupon or like you would show your, in, your insurance card if you're insured at the point of sale and you get your discount. So we don't, we don't always get the, the discount. We're not always going to make money, but we always look for the lowest price. So there are cases where, you know, you go into a Walmart and they have a $4 prescription uh, and you'll get, you know, the lowest price that Walmart can offer, uh, even if our if our, you know, even if we're not making money using our card, because we'd rather the consumer, the patient, fill their prescription, uh, you know, and 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 then later, uh, if there's an opportunity for them to save money using our card, uh, that's where we come in. So you're willing to take a loss in certain transactions? Absolutely. I mean, we we think in the long term, the most important thing is finding the lowest price on the medication. And if that's not us every single time. That's okay. We want the we want the consumer. We want the patient to know they can come to us. We'll show them the lowest price. We'll find the lowest price. Building like you did with the green company, and I'm sure like you described with Castlewave, you know, customer loyalty. Exactly. That's that's 100 percent true. Exactly. But but isn't that just uh, musing for a second? Isn't that so last internet bubble? If you if you don't mind me saying. Just to say, okay, we're willing to take a loss on on transactions, just to build up eyeballs or to build up. The... Well, that's, <laughs> okay, that's just not exactly that... what I said. We're we're willing to take a loss on. Uh, first of all, it's not a it's not a loss necessarily. Okay, we're... I'm just I'm trying to I'm trying to understand because it sounds yeah, yeah, great no, and and if it's totally free, I'm in. I'm just most, I'm just trying right. to figure it out. Yeah, right. So most most transactions we make money on. But okay, good. I'm I, I feel much better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Me too, and, and if my board's listening, they probably will too. <laughs> no, it's just it's just between us. Okay, good, right. And a, as you bring that up, well, you know, every... but I, I need to hear the answer. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. Go sorry. ahead, Michael. Yeah. So most transactions you make money, but correct. So how many are you willing to lose money on? I, I'm trying just to get get a handle on the business because I think it's cool. Did, did you ask how many we're willing to lose money on? Yeah, I'm saying. So is it twenty? Is it five percent? Three percent? Seven percent, ten percent. How many of those transactions are you willing to lose money on? It's, it's. It, I'm trying to just kind of figure out the uh, the dynamics. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a small. We're willing to lose money on a on a larger percentage because what we're seeing is someone will show their card, and then they might get a lower price uh, not using our card. But the next time they go to the pharmacy, they have a different prescription. They are going to use our card, and their their card's already going to be in the system. So in that situation, while we didn't make money on the first time, you know, the second time we do make money and typically subsequent times. So it's very rare that someone will use our card and, and we won't make any money uh, from them using the card. Typically, uh, you know, typically it's even on the first on the first uh, prescription they fill. But, yeah, you know, sometimes it's the second or maybe the third one. So perhaps by transaction you might not make on the first one, but per customer it's almost always a net positive. Yeah, uh, it, it is always a net positive, exactly. Interesting. Um, How do you make the transition from company to company? You know, just personally, yeah, these are these are different businesses altogether. So you're and you're out there, kind of thinking of an of a new great idea, a new niche. I mean, these are very different. You have search engine optimization, which is certainly more the plumbing of the internet type of uh, tech. This uh, very the USARX is. Heavily in the marketing, but you know it's got a healthcare aspect to it, and the the you know, the cleaning company is really not necessarily technology focused as much as it might be a little bit green, a little bit uh, of of other areas that are kind of uh, that have a little a niche, but it's but a very different company. So how, how do you how do you make that transition? I mean, what what do you what skills do you apply that are 
similar, and what do you learn as you go along the way? That's new. That's a that's a great question. That's a great question. Uh, most, you know, the the, the uh, activity that's been the most fruitful for me in terms of you know forming new businesses and 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 not forming new businesses just as well. You know, because you have to turn down opportunities is speaking with people. You know, uh, I hate to use the word networking, but just talking to as many people as you can to learn as much as you can. And that's where you start to see patterns emerge and businesses that seem like they could be good ideas. And like I said, also businesses that don't seem like good ideas that you want to avoid. Uh, so that, you know, that would be my, my, uh, my number one piece of advice when, when looking to start something, you know, don't rush it make sure you have the right idea. And, you know, to, to be honest, I was working on a couple different ideas you know, two and a half years ago or so, uh, trying to find what the right opportunity was, and I wasn't willing to rush it. And, uh, you know, this was one that came to me. I did a lot of research to understand the market, uh, how there could be a market fit, make sure it will, you know, it seemed like a big enough business. Uh, and this one passed all those tests, uh, which is which is where we are today. And where do your, your investor base come from? Where, where are you raising money for these startups? Uh, the first two were completely self-funded, and this one was uh, – I, I self-funded it with two other uh, seed investors. We each put in the same amount, and then uh, we have a outside investor, XL Marketing, uh, based in the city here. Is that – so no – you're not venture-backed generally, venture capital-backed? No, we're not. Or not. Okay, is that a is that a strategic choice, or you just did you haven't needed it, or you don't like venture capitalists? Uh, strategic choice. You know, we we don't need the capital. We don't need VC money necessarily. Uh, there's a lot of strategic value that VC firms can add, and you know, if if uh, there's a fit there, we we might go we might go after that. But right now, uh, where we are today, with you know our financing and sort of Strategically, uh, we don't need that. But yeah, I mean, VC firms can add a lot of value, uh, especially to startups. When you're speaking about some of the things that add value to startups, one of the things that have struck me as incredibly interesting is the various different partners that you've had in these various different uh, uh, endeavors. Have you gone about finding the partners that you're willing to work with, and how's it gone as you've transitioned from business to business, keeping some and and sort of transitioning onto others? And how can you parlay that into some advice to some entrepreneurs who are out there listening to you now? Good question. I mean, number one, and I think this this is true of any business, is with your partner or someone you're going to be working with on a regular basis, you have to like them. You know, you're going to be going into the office every single day. You're going to be probably emailing back and forth a thousand times a day and night. So you have to you have to like who they are first of all, and right right attached to that is you have to trust them as well. You know, they have to be good people. So you have to, you know, pass all those basic sniff tests. And then you want to find someone who has complementary skills to your own. Uh, you know, and, and when I started Castleway with a couple other partners, uh, I think each of us brought something different to the table, and that was very helpful. Uh, and then same thing with Urban Made Green and now at USARX. You know, I, I don't have a co-founder per se. I'm the CEO. Uh, but I've been able to rely on my board for some great advice. And, uh, you know, when you have specific questions, uh, different people on our board have different expertise, and that's been, that's been very helpful as well. But I think it is important to have a, have a sounding board, certainly. We're talking to Will Bronstein, a entrepreneur of some note, founder, uh, current, I guess, uh, CEO and founder of USARX, which is uh, Health Savings for Everyone. Uh, also, Urban Made Green, which is a green cleaning product company. Actually, I'm sorry, not a cleaning product company. Actually, a cleaning company. Correct. Sure, I mean, you're, you're actually the you're actually doing the cleaning. Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, they're doing the cleaning. Okay, as well then as well as Castle Wave, and there are uh, quite a f- some others, uh, other companies out there that are attributed to you. So I wanted to ask you about those. Uh, uh, Summit Breakers, Taste Guru. Where, where did, yeah. are, are those just described to you because people think that uh, that you know if they have, they touch Will Bronstein they'll be successful? <laughs> from uh, from from your mouth to uh, you know. Oh, these are, so those are those are new. Those are the hobbies that Arye had been discussing. Right. No. T- yeah. Taste Guru, the company that I, I I founded, 
uh, with a partner of mine out of Colorado named David Fishman. And Taste Guru is a place for, uh, we, we find gluten-free foods uh, for people who have celiac or who don't eat gluten. Uh, we help source gluten-free foods that actually taste good, that are healthy, uh, that are harder to access. So that's, uh, uh, that's the, the Taste Guru mantra. And, and, and what they're trying to accomplish there. I, I co-founded that company with David Davis, now the, the CEO. Okay. And uh, Summit? Summit Breakers uh, is, is a holding company. There's, there's, uh, we've, David and I have developed uh, some websites over the years and things like that, but that, that's in uh, remission right now. We don't have a lot going on there. You know, I'm, I'm really focused on USARX. Which Good term, in remission. In remission, and uh, and Dave is focused on on Taste Guru. Like I said, Taste Guru. Uh, each month, we send out a box of new gluten-free foods for people to try, for our subscribers to try, and then they provide feedback saying we like this, we didn't like that, and we're and uh, and that's that's that business model. You know, well, if I can, what, what wait, hold on, what do you do with that information? You, you're that goes to stores, or you're selling that information? It's like a oh. focus group. What what's give me an idea. Yeah, it's a focus group, but then it's also to help, you know, if, if I tell Taste Guru this month that I don't like these particular foods, uh, the next month Taste Guru will do a better job of getting foods that, that fit a particular taste. So uh, that, you know, help customize and then act as a focus group indeed saying, what do you think about this new food or that new taste, that sort of thing. Okay, so you're customizing the, the package next month based on that feedback. Exactly. So not everybody gets the same package. Oh, okay, so I'm now trying to understand. So it's kind of like a wine club, but you get to go ahead and give feedback and and go ahead and uh, you know, rate so that you, the next time you get something that's more of your more of your taste. Exactly. Exactly. The uh, you know the difference I think with a wine club is you know you and I can go to our liquor store and choose out a bunch of different wines you know with some help. It's not as easy to find gluten-free foods. I mean, you go into True. major grocery stores, you'll see them. You don't really know what's going to taste good or not taste good. It's hard to get help, and, and that's that's the niche we're trying to fill. So is there anything out there that you haven't thought of yet? <laughs> Nothing at all. <laughs> Nothing at all. Well, no, it's, you know, it, it sounds like a lot, uh, but again, I'm very, very focused on USARX because I think it's such a great opportunity. Uh, to help people and help people save money on their on their medications, which is uh, an incredibly important thing and a good and a good business model if we can make it work. Um, sure, you know, it's so. look, healthcare is uh, becoming an ever increasing uh, piece of our economic pie. That's for sure, and uh, certainly as uh, anybody who's reading the news these days is aware, it's uh, also subject to uh, a lot of uh, a lot of it's going to be increased uh, increased amount of money going into uh, healthcare and prescriptions as well as uh, pressures on costs. So it's gonna, so it really fits into a lot of what you're doing right now. Uh, I see you, you're kind of riding that little macro wave. Exactly. There's a lot of, there's a lot of dynamics. There's a lot of change going on in the industry. And I don't think anyone really knows where everything's going to land. Uh, but the good news about our card is you can still use it under the Affordable Care Act, under Obamacare. I was just going to uh, ask that. I was wondering whether, whether you, some of your, uh, current customers were getting notices in the mail that you can no longer be on this plan. Our card, uh, our card indeed works uh, under, uh, you know, under Obamacare, like I was saying. So that's that's one of the biggest advantages we have. That as there's all this confusion, as people are switching insurance plans, you know, there are people who have uh, medications they've been taking for years that might not be covered under their new plans, and etc. So this is where our card comes in, uh, and you know, if you look at some of the bronze and silver plans being offered right now, they have prescription insurance, but it's really limited. So, you know, you can use your uh, insurance card, and if you're not getting the right price, you can always use our card, too, and say, hey, will this be less expensive if I use the USARX card? While Michael's getting into the weeds, I just want to go back up for one more second because he gets the details, and I, I, I don't. I get that you're from Denver, and uh, when Michael was discussing reading uh, the news, a lot of the points in the mayoral uh, campaign speak about sort of the tech industry coming to New York. I've noticed that you haven't had a lot of New York partners. While you've been based in New York, you have a partner in Denver, you had partners in Utah, etc. Can you describe for a moment uh, how you envision the future of tech here in New York City? Absolutely. The, the tech in industry in New York has changed a lot. 
uh, I think for the better, has grown a lot over the past couple of years. You've got a lot more infrastructure and support here, uh, both, you know, physical infrastructure, uh, you know, with, with places to work, co-working spaces like the General Assembly, like WeWork, uh, as well as, you know, a, a, an ecosystem of entrepreneurs, ones who, you know, want to be entrepreneurs, first-time entrepreneurs, successful entrepreneurs, uh, VCs. There's a, a pretty deep ecosystem here which uh, I think gives you a big advantage. With this company, you know, all my partners are New York-based. Uh, our investors are all New York-based. But in, in general, I've seen, you know, the New York, like I said, ecosystem develop quite well over the past uh, past couple of years. And now is an awesome opportunity to start start a company in the city, which I, I don't think has existed as strongly before. Why is that? It's it, New York is not always described as being a as business-friendly is it just the level of, and certainly not for unincorporated businesses, but that's a little bit in the weeds, so I don't want to bore Arya. Uh, but is, is it the, just the level of education, of talent, of, uh, the fact that there are so many people here that people are willing to tolerate the higher costs? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a good question. Obviously the negative is a lot higher costs, both for, you know, Calories you have to offer and things like rent, uh, but the positive is you have a, a melting pot. You have a, a huge group of people that want to live in New York City. You have the centers of finance and advertising here. There's a lot of great opportunities, uh, but yeah, you have to be be willing to buck the uh, the New York City prices, which whew, remind you know I, I have to remind myself every day of. So <laughs> that's not an easy one. Interesting. And have you looked uh, elsewhere? For some of these, for some of your startups, uh, have you looked? Uh, you looked at Israel, for example. We focus a lot on Israeli startups here on this show, and uh, is that something that's in the cards for uh, for back end development and the like? I've done I've done a lot of work with Israel over the years. Uh, right now, I, I don't have much going on there, but there's a there is a ton going on. Obviously, as always in the startup scene. Uh, and, you know, on, as you mentioned, Michael, with back-end development with a lot of different types of development happening there. Uh, I saw on your show you had uh, Jonathan Medved a couple of weeks back, I believe. Yes. And uh, and very interesting, uh, you know, very interesting startup he's doing on the investing side. Yeah, I, I don't know a ton about it, but it, uh, John's always doing interesting, interesting things. We used to uh, be a client of... Of theirs at Ringo, that was a company he started, which uh, went public. I'm not sure if you guys spoke about that, but they were actually a client of ours at Castaway. At Castaway, we had a good number of Israeli companies uh, as our clients, and uh, would would like to revisit that. Working with Israelis was quite a pleasure. Very, very, very smart and driven people. It was it was, it was great. And if there's one thing about uh, being an entrepreneur that uh, that uh, you know makes you excited to get up in the morning, and you can share that with our audience, what's that? Good question. Good question. I would say creating something new. You know, you don't really know what's possible, and, you, and thus you don't know what's not possible, so you just assume everything is possible, and you just go after it. And each day we come to the office, and I bring the team uh, in front of our whiteboard, and we set our goals for the day and say what we want to accomplish and set the goals for the week. Uh, and then watching the team do it, I think, is pretty um it's pretty invigorating when, we, when we're able to close big deals, when we're able to close small deals, when we're able to you know accomplish things together. Uh, you know, I think those small wins make it worthwhile and make it real exciting. Tell us about the life of the company itself. Okay, you, you start, you come up with an idea. All right, so so there are probably a lot of people sitting at home right now and saying, "Oh, I have a really great idea," and you know what? If Will Bronstein can go ahead and start this discount card. I got a great idea also. Or if I can, you know, have some buddy green go ahead, clean my apartment, whatever that means. Not to, not to discount it. I, I, I think green is good. Uh, but if clean my apartment and, you know, go ahead and sell that company, that's, that's really cool. But I got a great idea also. Okay. So the, for those of you sitting at home who want to do this as well, what does it take to go aside from just a vision, but to actually into practice? Go ahead and create a company. Okay. Aside, you know, okay, beyond incorporation, even if you decide to do that first and a little bit of money. Now, then what? Yeah. I mean, I think it's really, you know, I, I focus on two areas and that's 
kind of it. I mean, one is I want to find a business that doesn't have huge startup costs. So if it's going to take, you know, $200,000 to get a business off the ground, even see if there's anything here, uh, I would avoid that. You know, you want to find a business that doesn't cost a lot of money to at least get a, a very basic version out the door. And two, you want to have, you know, money and sales, obviously, are the lifeblood of any organization. So you want to make sure that you can get people paying for your product. Uh, and, and the sooner you can do that, the better. The example I like to give is with the cleaning company. You know, what we did is we hired one cleaner, and he was also answering phones. Uh, you know, so just bootstrapped it as much as possible. And, you know, first he was cleaning one apartment a week, and then it was maybe two, and it slowly grew until his schedule was totally filled. Then we hired the next person. So, you know, just keeping a, a laser-sharp eye on cash and cash flow and making sure that there's a business uh, is where I'd start. And by the way, our cleaner, our first cleaner, we gave him you know, a little bit of equity for for his trouble. So he's uh, he did very well from a Craigslist ad to uh, you know he's living in Oregon now with uh, with a little little extra money in his account. So guys looking for work, and now he's retired. Has a <laughs> I'm not sure if he's uh, <laughs> he's retired yet, but uh... <laughs> well, you know, somewhere out there in Oregon, maybe uh, surfing or playing golf or or whatever it is they they do out there, rollerblading. Right. <laughs> rollerblading, exactly, exactly. They rollerblade everywhere, pretty much. Uh, and then, as you get to the next stage, okay, so you bootstrap and you, you go, you're putting a team together. That's obviously a challenge, and you got to find people. And you, you're moving along to the next stage. Where, where is it that you kind of get the feeling, okay, this is actually going to work? Is it do you have that every morning, or you know, I know Arya alluded to this earlier, but is that is that when do you get to the point of saying, okay, I think we, you know, I think we're actually onto something here? Yeah, I, I think Arya did allude to that. I mean, it's being in a startup is a uh, is very very challenging. You know, we we get our stats as an example every single day, so we can see how we did the day before in terms of how many people used our card. And I often think that's not a good thing because that keeps us too focused. On the uh, short term, you're kind of like a you know public company there, only looking at the next quarter. Exactly, exactly. You can get caught up and say, oh, yesterday wasn't a great day, or yesterday was an awesome day. Whereas, you know, as long as we're laying the groundwork and we're striking deals and we're getting our distribution, when we're growing our distribution, which you know, which which we're doing thankfully right now, uh, then the results follow. And I think that's a, you know, to answer Arya's original question, that's a big challenge. Is saying. Guys, we need to focus on the big picture, and there's going to be a lot of speed bumps. And every day there's a speed bump. Every hour, maybe there's a speed bump. We just need to keep going over them and keep uh, keep trying. Tenacity is a huge part of succeeding in uh, the startup world. You know, be get to be willing to fail. We're talking with Will Bronstein, a serial entrepreneur uh, who has founded Castle Wave as well as USA RX, as well as. Uh, one of my favorite at this point, Urban Made Green, great name, actually, M-A-I-D, and uh, assorted a, a other companies at the same time. What keeps you up at night as a CEO at USARX? Who who do you fear coming into your business space who is going to make life difficult? You know, our market is so big and it's so uh you know, we, we have, you know, there's 50 million uninsured people. There's another 30 million who are underinsured. So it's a huge market, and those numbers are going to shift in terms of who's uninsured and who's underinsured under Obamacare. But it's just such a such a big opportunity. Uh, you know, the thing that scares me the most is not acting fast enough, is not getting our cards in the hands of people who need them fast enough. Because uh, once someone has a, one of our competitors' cards, they're not likely to switch, you know, because it's, which is one of the great things about the business, one of the hard things about the business. The card automatically works. You, you know, once the card is entered, you're automatically getting your discount. So for us, speed is of the essence and making sure we can get our card out there to all the people who need it before our competition can. So the power of the airwaves, Will. Um, a lot of people here are uninsured, underinsured, card this, that, and, you know, Obamacare, Affordable Care Act. And if you were to spend 30 seconds and say, hey, you've been listening to me for the last period of time on Tech Talk and you guys respect Michael Fragan and his guests that he's got on, who out there should be plugging in your website right now as soon as uh, they uh, you know, pull over? Obviously. Yeah, feel free to sell a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, thank you, guys. I mean, 
again, it's someone who doesn't have prescription insurance or doesn't have great insurance. As an example, if you have a, you know, $20 copay on generics, which all the, you know, the, a lot of the bronze and silver plans do, you can use our card and chances are you'll be charged less than $10, you know, no insurance. So, you know, if you're, if you're un, uninsured, it's a no-brainer. If you have a high copay, no-brainer. If you have medication that's not covered, you go to a dermatologist, you go to an ophthalmologist. Uh, oftentimes, those types of specialty medications aren't covered by insurance, and you try and use the card. And uh, often, we can we can we can beat beat the quote that you were getting before. What about employers who have a lot of employees out there? Would this be something that would be a valuable asset for them? This is this is perfect. So for employee employers uh, who have a lot of employees who you know who don't have insurance, who aren't offered insurance, or who can't afford insurance, uh, we're able to go in create a private label card for, for those em- employers, which they can give out to their employees, so it becomes a benefit that they're able to offer uh, and, and a free benefit. Cool. So there's And there's no downside, right? I mean, this is one of those things that just I can't – I'm trying to think of a downside, as I think you know by now that I, you know, I, I seem to do that. I, I don't see it. You're, yeah, you're trying, Michael. I appreciate that. No, but there's <laughs> no downside. Maybe, yeah. maybe if I had had more lead time, I could have been a little bit more, you know, could have been a little more more negative. But uh, so far, so good. Well, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Uh, so, but that's that. That's a fact. That really, so you carry this card, you don't pay anything for it, and if you don't use it, you don't use it. If you do use it, it seems like you can only come out ahead. Exactly. You show the card if. You can't save money with the card, then the pharmacist will give you the card back. Okay, so how come Walgreens, Dwayne Reed, uh, CVS aren't don't have their own? Some of them do actually. Some of them do have discount programs and discount cards, uh, but we're able. You know, we have two advantages. One I have a CVS is, card. Does that will that work? Does that give me a discount? Or that's just work. that just gives me those points that I can get some extra coupons or something like that for my CVS card. It, it depends. So different companies have different programs. Uh, Walgreens, for example, charges for their card. Uh, and then it can only be used at Walgreens. So our card is free and you can use it at Walgreens or if you have me buy a CVS, you can use it at CVS or if you have me buy Walmart, you know, you can use it at any, any pharmacy. So that's a big advantage that, that, that we're able to bring to the table. Excellent. And you are based here in New York City. We are. We're right on uh, 35th and Madison. Okay. What? The city. Now, what do you, what did you do technologically to put together this site? This does, might not be, are you integrated at all with any, uh, with the providers? I mean, what, do, or explain to no, me technologically how that goes. No, we're not because we don't want to be involved with Obamacare because we, you know, we don't, we don't want to get, uh, I mean, there's, we're not an insurance program, but, you know, we're staying completely separate. So people who are trying to navigate the exchanges and as they sign up, uh, you know, they can keep our card separate and it can save them money separately from, uh, you know, from, from whatever insurance they get from the exchange. And you've stayed away from being regulated. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Uh, just as a, you know, side question, you can voice your personal opinion. How do you feel about Obamacare? I feel like Obamacare is a, a third rail, as we call it here in the city. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, no, I, that, I, I then I can be right. the one to touch it if that's fine. I'll just uh, – I, I, how do you feel about the technological rollout of Obamacare? Make it easier. From your perspective as a tech entrepreneur and you've built so many companies and I I, I don't know if you read it or not, but great uh, A1 uh, article in the Washington Post yesterday about the, the hiccups with the rollout of Obamacare and how many people saw it coming, many people uh, warned the White House and uh, – they did not want to make any changes to the team and to the rollout because they were nervous that they would get pounced on by Republicans. And they're probably right about that, but uh, that doesn't mean that you should roll out a substandard product. But from your perspective, as somebody who's actually in this space rolling out healthcare benefits, if you will, uh, and albeit in a different non-regulated form, very interesting form, I, I think that to do do you, are you, do you feel that the rollout potentially makes your product more attractive or less attractive for people? Yeah, I think. I mean, I think in the short term, uh, and some of the hiccups that they've had, it's you know maybe giving our product a little bit of a boost. But I, you know, I, I and I don't know all the, you know, I've I read a lot about the 
the, the websites and some of the challenges they've had. But I, you know, it's so hard to tell really what caused the issues, et cetera. So it's, you know, it's easy to second guess. I, my, my guess is that they're going to, you know, they are going to solve this. The exchanges will be live. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's a little bit of a shame that it had to get off on, uh, on, on the wrong foot, but I'm, I'm confident that it'll be, it will be fixed. In case they're listening out there, um, how do they reach you? That way their next rollout could be more effective. <laughs> they're listening. I think I, I think if there's anything we know from the last couple of weeks with, you know, from Mr. Snowden, that they are listening. <laughs> in which that case, they know how to get in touch with you, Will, anyway, so I think we're okay. Yes. But how does somebody go ahead and apply for your card? Give us the uh, – they, they just go to usarx.com? Yep, and then on the upper right-hand corner, just click Get Free Card, and it really is a free card. Get your free card. That's uh, And it's really that simple. It's really that simple. There's really no catch. There's really no catch. Worst case is you don't save money, uh, more money than you were going to save before. But for the most part, people save money, you know, averaging 50% or more with our cards. So. Amazing. Where are we with uh, Castle Wave these days? Are you are you still uh, you're still there uh, in a limited more limited role? No, no. That no. Uh, yeah, that company got acquired by a company called Crescendo. They're a public company out of uh, Utah, and uh, oh, right. I'm I'm still on great terms with everyone there. It seems like somebody's doing very well, and. Uh, Obviously, wish them the best, but no, I'm I'm no longer engaged uh, engaged there. Okay, so you're doing a certain a different type of uh, optimization in the uh, for for prices on drugs. Right, <laughs> patient uh, patient optimization. <laughs> a- a- absolutely, well, fantastic. Uh, we have been talking to Will Bronstein, who has gone through the the very impressive history of various startups that he's been involved in here on Tech Talk with my co-host guest host. Uh, Ari Lightstone, and this has really been a fascinating conversation, and I really would encourage people out there, at the very least, if you don't sign up for a USA RX card, uh, you should definitely check it out, uh, and you should definitely, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't sign up, but go ahead, check out the site, and I think that this is a really good addition as we, you know, many people are now navigating the waters, uh, the very choppy waters of the healthcare industry right now, and some people might out there be underinsured or non-insured or looking for plans, uh, they should go out and at least avail themselves of savings on prescription drugs. Absolutely, Michael. Uh, check out the site, usarx.com, and, you know, appreciate your time, and uh, likewise, I appreciate it. Fantastic. And you'll let us know next time we speak what's going to be next. I'm sure by the time, you know, if we have another interview, maybe in you know, a couple months, you're going to be on to your next thing. Uh, well, this is a big one. We're, or a uh, hobby. Here. I think this is going to be a, uh, a fun one, but we'd love, to, we'd love to chat with you in a couple months here. Fantastic. Okay, thank you very much. Well, we look forward to speaking to you again in the near future. Likewise. Thanks for having me. Thanks. This is Tech Talk. Uh, we're sponsored by Adorama Camera, Adorama.com, here on the Nachum Siegel Network. And I'm here with uh, Arya Lightstone, uh, guest hosting for me. And Arya, thanks for introducing us to Will. That, i got to tell you, most impressive. He's a great guy. Thank you for having us, Michael. So, uh, well, more than a great guy. I got to tell you, this is a guy who just kind of comes up with, conjures up new ideas uh, just about uh, every year or so. It's, uh, it's, it's quite the impressive thing. Yeah, absolutely incredibly impressive. And the best part is if you look at his reputation in the industries, um, well respected, well liked, and, uh, and certainly, uh, you know, uh, and the way he's interacted has done a tremendous job representing himself, his family, in my hometown of Denver. Uh, bring it back to Denver. That's that's beautiful. Well, well we try and touch Israel on every show. We're not going to get there this this week because uh, not the Israel nexus. But I'm really I'm really excited about having focused specifically on not a specific company or a specific venture, but a a kind of you know, a, ca- a history of, of ventures, of good, of interesting ventures out there from a single entrepreneur. So it's really, it's really great to, you know, to see that. And I got to tell you, as healthcare expl- explodes and, you know, the, the, within the economy and nobody really knows where, really where we're headed right now, he's got a very, very interesting opportunity. Uh, I do wonder about barriers to entry, whether anybody else can get in on this, but uh, right now free is free. So free is good, right? Free in this case is the best. Fantastic. Okay, this is Tech Talk. We're going to wrap up another week. I want to give a little editorial note as we head into uh, 
tomorrow, which is Election Day here in New York and uh, elsewhere, actually throughout the country. Uh, it's a very interesting election. I know we don't talk politics necessarily in this show, but this is kind of a business thing. And I'll tell you something that's been kind of bothering me, and it really bothered me this morning. And uh, that is something that's known as Proposition Number 1. Okay, Proposition Number 1 is a casino gambling amendment to the New York State Constitution. It's going to be on the back of your ballot. Most people might not look at it, and they might not necessarily care. But, but, uh, and ne- probably wouldn't talk about it, except uh, this morning in multiple synagogues uh, throughout my area, there were posters in the shul, in the shul. Shocking. It's offensive. I know ZK's eyes are wide here saying, why would this be? Promoting casino gambling. Now, however you feel about casino gambling, you feel about Proposition 1, whether it'll help the Catskills, not help the Catskills, more traffic, less traffic, whatever it is. You're putting ads, somebody paid somebody to hang up ads in a shul promoting gambling. Now, okay, it's not a judgment. People are going to gamble. People don't gamble. But to hang it up as if, oh, this is great for the from community, this is great, and this is great for... For for Jews, I, I I don't get it, and I'm offended by it. And I will tell you, uh, having thought about it and thought about the fact that I don't really see huge economic benefits in it, I think you should vote no. And I've come to that conclusion. I came to it really as we were sitting here, so I wanted to tell everybody about it. You should vote no on Proposition One. And uh, sometimes I I do things because I'm offended, but uh, I'm going to vote no on Proposition Number One. That means my wife will probably vote yes. But uh, in the end, that'll cancel us both out. Okay? Vote no, Proposition 1. There's another episode of Tech Talk in the books. We will speak to you next week.